The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. All right. Hello to Royals Nation. It's Davo here for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we are unfortunately about to discuss my worst fear in this series. And I mentioned it on the series preview we did with Robert Ford, the voice of the Houston Astros, last night. Being down one nothing in this series and having all your chips riding on Johnny Cueto. My biggest fear in this series is KC drops game one, 5-2 of the ALDS at the hands of the Astros and Colin McHugh. And we are going to definitely look more at tomorrow and talk about Cueto, talk about Casimir, what I expect to see. We'll do all that, but first, we talk about the disappointment of tonight and begin with our player of the game. Only two guys to really talk about tonight. The player of the game is Kendrys Morales, obviously. A pair of solo home runs for the Royals off of McHugh. In the second, Kendrys went deep to lead off that inning. And again, in the fourth inning, that drew KC within 3-2 to two at the time, by the way. And you thought, wow, the Royals only down one. A lot of game to go right where we need to be, right? But unfortunately, those two runs were all the KC offense would muster tonight. As the Royals leave six men on base that go 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. And more importantly, outside of Morales, no Royal reached base to start a frame outside of the second inning. And the home run almost makes it feel like the Royals never had a guy to lead off an inning, right? I mean, they didn't eight of the nine innings. Eight of the nine innings, the first Royal to hit was out. Morales hit the home run. But, you, I mean, the first inning you felt somewhat good about the Royals turning back into the 2014 Royals, right? Ben Zobrist, a one-out single after the Royals got down 2 nothing. He swiped second base almost immediately. And you think, okay, here we go. The Royals are going to start running. They're going to put pressure. They're going to hit some gaps, find some holes. But it's hard to do that when you never have guys on base to lead off an inning. So the Royals' running game was never able to get going. The Royals walk only once tonight. Alex Rios, finally playing in his first career postseason game, draws a walk. Uh, but let's go back, and let's start from the beginning. With Yardana Ventura, who was bad tonight. And it's the playoffs, so there's no sugarcoating. We're not going to sit here and and talk about the marathon anymore. We're, we're at the sprint now. Everyone's 0-0. Zero zero. The playoffs are all about small sample size, as unfair as that is for these guys. In this game, you work 162 games. You work going to spring training starting in early February. You spend these eight months, just about, getting ready for this, the playoffs. It's all about small sample size. Careers are made or break. Braid? Made or braid? Made or break in the postseason. And Ventura was bad tonight. Two innings, three runs allowed on four hits, one walk, and two Ks. And it started with that second pitch of the game to Jose Altuve. Ventura gets ahead with the first pitch fastball, second pitch hanging curveball, just spun up there, and Altuve lines it into left field. Ultimately gets three hits, does Altuve. The Royal Killer scores a run, drives in a run. So single there to start the first inning. Then a nine-pitch at bat. The key to that whole inning was the George Springer AB as he draws the walk. Fantastic at bat. I will give him credit for that. Carlos Correa, singles to right. Bases loaded, nobody out. Thank goodness Ben Zobras makes a nice defensive play, diving to his left, which saved one, possibly two runs on the ground out by Colby Rasmus. But that puts Houston up one nothing. Evan Gaddis then grounds out to score a run. 
2-0 Houston, Valbuena Kays. So Ventura, to his credit, did, in a lot of ways, limit the damage. Bases loaded, nobody out. Best case, realistically, is giving up one. If you pitch well, you probably give up two in that situation. So it's about what, you know, bases loaded, nobody out. Cleanup hitter, probably going to give up two there. And that's what he did. So at least he didn't fall apart there, to Ventura's credit, in the first inning. And like I said, you know, Casey comes right back, gets the, the one-out single, gets the guy at second, but they can't get the run home. As Lorenzo King grounds out to third, Hosmer, a little looping liner over to first. And that started to trend. And again, small sample size. Casey had runners at second base twice tonight with one out. Guys at first and second with two outs and could not score those runners from second base any of those times. You hit one gap there. It could be a different night for the Royals. You get at least one or two more runs there, and possibly the innings get extended. You never know what happens. I mean, Q maybe comes out earlier. Everything's different. It's frustrating, though. I mean, no other Royal with an extra base hit besides Morales. No other Royal besides Rios with a walk. Only one other Royal with two hits, Zobrist. McHugh, six innings, even despite... A 49-minute rain delay. He still throws 92 pitches, allows just a couple of solo home runs. Two Morales in the second and fourth. Two runs on four hits, one K and a walk. Royals offense was just anemic tonight. The swings probably were too long tonight for the Royals. It looked like they were trying to hit everything onto I-70 out there. But, however, that's what happens when you get behind 2-0 in the first inning. And what happened when the Royals were struggling in September? They were getting behind in the first inning almost every night, it seemed like. Ventura never gave KC a chance in this game, realistically. It's the playoffs. What happens when teams get down early? Let's go through the games so far in this playoff. Whoever scored first has been the visiting team. They've won all the games. Texas gets ahead of Toronto. Houston gets ahead of KC. Houston gets ahead of the Yankees. The Cubs get in front of Pittsburgh. They all win. It's the playoffs, small sample size, good pitching, good defense. Houston made some nice plays. Jake Mareznik in center, to his credit, did probably take away two runs and a little looping liner from Escobar in the fifth that could have, uh, you know, scored at least one, maybe two there. So, I mean, but I'm just saying, Houston made the plays, the Royals didn't. That's true. Houston, the better game, that's true. But the Royals didn't pitch well tonight. And that's just the way it is. Uh, that's the way, I'm a guy who, who preaches sample size and preaches patience and big picture, but the big picture right now is the small picture. We're talking game by game. This is all about small sample size, and Ventura didn't get the job done tonight. Now, Nedios, good job going to Chris Young, who's the only other Royal, really, outside of Morales. I mean, I guess Zobras had a couple of knocks and, and a stolen base, but Chris Young, about the only other Royal who really did much tonight, saves Ventura for game four by going four innings and saved the entire Royals' bullpen so that they're all available tomorrow outside of Young. Four innings, one run on three hits, couple of walks. How about seven Ks for Chris Young in four innings? Whatever he's drinking in that water, I want some of it. He's been fantastic. Getting better with age, it seems like, at times, right? Now, the only blemish off of Young was the solo home run by George Springer in the fifth inning. Colby Rasmus, first pitch from Ryan Matson, cranks one out in the eighth. He's been on fire recently. That put the nail completely in the coffin at that point. If it wasn't already, once the Royals got down three, it was over. The way things were going tonight, the, the approach was never there. They were swinging too too hard. They wouldn't weren't walking, and just it didn't feel like the Royals' night ever. The times they did score up a ball it was right at an Astro, right? I mean, they really until the Royals got that seeing eye single in the ninth from Ben Zobrist, they didn't get too many breaks tonight. I will say that. So now tomorrow you turn a page and you get to a must win game in every sense of the world word. And I don't know about you, but to me, the biggest fear was exactly what happened tonight. The Royals get down one nothing. The Royals get down in the first inning. And now Johnny Cueto has to win tomorrow, period. Has to win. 
You lay an egg tomorrow, and the Royals can make plans for late next week. Because you got Dallas Keuchel looming in Game 3 down in Houston. You're guaranteeing yourself now that you have to win at least one game in Houston. Maybe both if you lose tomorrow. If you lose tomorrow, it's pretty much over. You can't get down 2 nothing the way Houston's going to be playing going home with Dallas Keuchel looming. Have to win. That's why you got Johnny Cueto. That's why you gave up John Lamb, who figures to be a decent MLB number four or five starter for a few years. That's why you gave up Cody Reed, who could be a good number three starter in the big leagues. That's why you gave up Brandon Finnegan, who could be a good middle to late reliever. You gave up all of that for a few months of Johnny Cueto, but mainly you already had the division one when you got him. You got him for the playoffs. He has to be the man tomorrow. Has to be the man. Otherwise... And I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I, I I believe the Royals have a good chance of winning the game tomorrow. I'm not trying to panic here. But if Johnny Cueto tanks tomorrow, that trade was a debacle for the Royals. Because his fate is the Royals' fate in this series. Houston's going to be the Dickens to get rid of. If the Royals do win this series, it'll be in five games. And I predicted they would in five going into game one. I said that yesterday. I thought, game, I thought the Royals would win this game in five. The series in five, I mean. Have to win tomorrow, though. And I got to be completely honest with you. I'm not that overly confident with Johnny Cueto pitching in a day game against the red hot Houston Astro offense, who's now confident. They have nothing to lose. They know they're going home now. They they wanted the split. If you would have offered AJ Hinch and company a split coming into this, you know, two games in KC, of course they would have taken it. So they've already got their goal. You remember what it was like for the Royals last year, right? You went into L.A., Hoping to get a split. You won both. Once you won that first, the second one, you're playing so loose when you're the underdog, when you're the wild card team, right? The Royals put yourself in the Astros' shoes. You're a young athletic team who just won the wild card. You're riding high after riding high after winning game one in the opponent's ballpark. You got house money right now, baby. You know you're coming home. No worse than one-to-one. The pressure's on the Royals, and especially Johnny Cueto. Day game tomorrow. Houston Astros, hot offense. Cueto's been hit or miss. Very hit or miss. More missing since the Royals acquired him. So I'm not overly that confident, guys, tomorrow. The Royals have also been handled by Scott Kazmir this year. Let's talk about this matchup. During the regular season, Kazmir 7-11 with a 3-1-0, Cueto 11-13, a 3-4-4. Now, Kazmir, since coming to Houston 2-6 with a 4.17, has really struggled since mid-August. The first couple outings was good, but not since then. His first postseason appearance tomorrow when he throws the first pitch since 2009 when he was with the aforementioned Angels. Now, Kazmir has seen the Royals three times this year, twice as a member of the Oakland A's, once as a member of the Astros. First time was that Brett Laurie game, right? When Kazmir claims he accidentally hit Lorenzo Kane and got that brawl started with Kelvin Herrera points at the head and blah, blah, blah. That was that Sunday afternoon game. Kazmir threw that game. Kazmir that day... Seven and a third, two runs on six hits. So seven and a third, two runs the first time. Then the Royals saw him June 27th in Oakland. Once again, seven innings, three runs this time. Then the Royals saw him in KC July 24th as a member of the Astros. You guessed it, seven innings, no runs this time. Combined against the Royals this year. 21 and a third innings, a record of one and one, and a 2.13 ERA against the Royals. 15 Ks, three walks. He's got a 5-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio against the Royals this year. He's gone seven or more all three outings and owns a 2-1-3. And like I said, the playoffs are all about small sample size. 
Johnny Cueto has not seen the Houston Astros since 2013. Meanwhile, and came off of that tune-up start of five innings getting the win against the Minnesota Twins in that meaningless game on Sunday, as it turned out. So Cueto, velocity down a bit that game, says he was just messing around, treating it as a spring training game. Okay, whatever. That's fine. Turn the lights on, though, now, baby. It's a postseason. The Royals need Cueto to be the man tomorrow. Will he? I think it's possible. I mean, you got to look at while the playoffs are all about small sample size, you've also got to look at the big picture. And the big picture is that Johnny Cueto is much better than he's pitched, assuming he's healthy, since coming over to the Royals. So, yes, it's very possible he could flick the light switch on and turn things around. Very possible. It's going to be tough, though, because, like I said, Houston's playing with house money. Houston's got their split. Houston's got a guy who has owned the Royals this year in the mound. Houston's got their ace looming in Dallas Keiko in Game 3. So I'm not all rosy here. I'm not going to reassure you that everything's okay. Because this was the one thing the Royals could not have happen tonight. Get behind in the first inning and lose Game 1. Must win tomorrow for the Royals. Now if they get tomorrow, we'll talk. Be a little more positive tomorrow. The Royals will have their work cut out for them, though, either way. Going to Houston, even if you're one and one, you lose to Dallas Keuchel. And I'm not saying they will. The Royals could beat Keuchel. They did earlier. It's not out of the realm of possibility they could beat him. He could be wearing down. He's had some bad starts. Gave up, what, five runs, three starts ago? He's possible to hit. And Edinson Volquez, in his own right, could be very strong and throw a gym. Just saying, though, even one-to-one, the Royals have their work cut out for them going down. They've assured themselves now they have to win at least one game in Houston. And that's rough, knowing that Keuchel is throwing one of those games. And probably McCullers game four, if not fires. And then you've got McHugh again in game five. But that's a different talk for a different day. We'll hope for the best tomorrow with the Royals. And we will be back with you again later tomorrow night right here on Clubhouse Conversation. Until then, just think about turning the page and hoping for the best tomorrow. The good thing is it's a quick turnaround. We're only about 15 hours until the first pitch tomorrow. So the Royals don't have to sit around for too long and wait. Come back out, get a win tomorrow. Most importantly, though, Cueto's got to keep Houston off the board until the Royals can get a lead. Royals cannot afford to get behind in the first inning. That's the number one obvious and number one key for tomorrow. It also helped to get a couple leadoff guys on throughout the game, right? Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Royals.